As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hi, everybody. I've had an absolute blast recording your championship intros on audio and also on video. And for those of you that didn't know, the videos can be done special exactly the way you like them because these are green screens and we can do them with a scene behind me. Do you want a fighting scene? Do you want a beach scene? Do you want a race car scene? Any scene you want, we can give it to you. It's your theme and my pleasure. Just write our offices and we will answer you with the exact fee involved and how it'll get done. So here we are, and now it's time, and it's your choice. Cheers! From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Las Vegas where the UFC is coming, we are live. This is This Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry, we'll voice it for you. We talk about everything on its time. UFC, film, TV, politics, sex, drugs, rock and roll. And today we've got a very special guest on the show from a very big big event that happened last weekend in Vegas with the UFC. I'm here with my co-host and producer, TJ DeSantis. TJ, hey, real, real quick, before we even get the guest on, Jared Gooden, <laughs> let me just say, Jared, you know, great win. I didn't watch the the judges render their decision, didn't need to, got up, got a, got a, got a Coke, and uh, congrats on the win. Thank you. Um, yeah, Wait, was, I didn't uh, even get to introduce Jared. God, you I, I know. Introduce the I man. Know. I know. I'm making a joke here, Buffer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I know. I know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Fresh off his win loss at the UFC last weekend. What do you mean? Here we have Jared Flash Gordon. Now, the, Jared, I'm really happy to have you on the show. I've known you for a long time. I know your brother. He's an amazing guitar maker. He custom made me a beautiful It's Time guitar, which forever sits here in my office and love it to death. I have a chance to talk to you and get to know you a little bit over the years and an honor to announce you. And when I say win, loss, Jared, because that's what's in everybody's head Saturday night. Was it a win? Was it a loss? First off, how are you? How's everything after the fight? And how are you feeling, buddy? I'm as good as I can be, I guess. Very bitter, bitter moment. Uh, you know, I was super salty, obviously, trying to come out of that hole because wallowing in it will not serve me whatsoever. No. There's nothing I can do. People are telling me I should appeal, but I'm not going to do that. I just don't think it's worth it. The, the hassle and the trouble and the and I, uh, I think that, you know, this could, I, I believe it will turn into a blessing, you know, in disguise. It's a blessing in disguise right now. A lot of people are talking about me. I'm getting more attention than I probably ever have gotten before. I believe if I won that fight, people would say, oh, Patty sucks. So, or it, they would flip the narrative somehow. And I would still be, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it wouldn't be the greatest attention that I could get. But I do think 
something will come of it and I'm excited to see what's next. I just, I think, you know, it's just a blemish on my record. Everyone knows most people think I won. So I, I think that's all that really matters when, when you're in the fans eyes, you're the winner. It goes a long way. So. Hey, hey Jared, are, Jared, are you familiar with MMADecisions.com? I believe so. So basically, for those that, that don't know, it's an independent media site that gathers all the scorecards uh, from the judges that are actually in the building, but also MMA journalists, whether it be through their ver- various outlets, so Twitter, et cetera. And uh, the, the number, uh, I believe it is 24 independent media uh, journalists have you winning that fight and just one for Patty Pimblett. 24 to one. That's Yes, I saw that. That says something. That says something. But let me say this, Jared. Knowing you were going to be on the show, I watched the fight again the other evening, right? Watched it closely. And people, fighters, you know, when they put the little Twitter symbol in the left-hand window, you know, fighters had you winning the first two rounds going in. I had you you winning the first two rounds. TJ, did you have him winning the first two rounds? Uh, I definitely had him winning the first two rounds. I had him winning all three rounds. I scored a 30-27. And, you know, the question comes up about, you know, the holding him against the cage, which you and I and TJ all know the technicality involved in that. Even Joe Rogan uh, mentioned, if I'm not mistaken, the energy that was taken out of Patty Pimlin in the third round with you holding him the way you did. And, and you know, obviously inside thigh kicks, everything that you could possibly do to manipulate the situation. Um, I have to say, and I also think Dana White, didn't he express uh, discontent over the decision, uh, TJ, or did he not? I haven't seen his quote uh, in particular. I mean, Dana's whole narrative generally is, you know, don't leave it in the hands of the judges. But when you're yeah. highly skilled athletes, it's not that simple. I don't, I don't think Jared ever in that moment was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to ride this one to the judges. Yeah. I mean, you know? that is the one round that I that I look at and I say, all right, I could have done more. But I was still controlling him. And it's not like I was just in the clinch staying there. I was, I was up, I was down, I was up, you know, multiple level changes, trying to take him down. I, you know, I had his back at one moment, you know, standing, I think twice maybe. And, you know, I made him, I did, he went for a takedown. I took him down, almost had his back, made the unfortunate mistake of slipping over the top. And, and then he had my back standing against the cage for what, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. So yeah. I mean, how do they give him that round? I don't know how anyone could have given him that round. And it's like, I was the aggressor. Uh, Dana did express that he thought I threw that round because all I did was hold him against the fence. But Patty did nothing either. Patty, I heard that. And yeah, Patty did do nothing Patty at that point. Patty doing nothing. So it's so like, what? Do, I mean, that was the one round I regret, though, was that I, I, I should have disengaged and my striking was clearly better also in the first two rounds. So I, but you know what, that's fighting. You're in the cage. There's a million people screaming at you. Um, but I believe I won. The world believes I won, but on paper I didn't. And it's just something that's part of my book. Now it will be just another chapter in my life where I just have to take it on the chin and literally and figuratively and, uh, just move forward. And I believe something will come of it. I believe my next fight will be looked at a lot. And I think that I'll get a, a good fight in my next fight. And 
This is MMA, man. Well, in, in this, it is changed it, it, instantly, you know. So, yeah, in yeah, this sport, it is, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead, TJ. I was just gonna say, in this sport, you know this better than anybody, Bruce. Like, this is not boxing. This is a yeah. sport where you can afford to to have a, a couple of losses, especially losses like this, where yes, on on paper it's a loss, but you know most people uh, watching, Jared, they they know what's up. But the 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 issue here, and I think you know, I'm I'm poking fun at it a little bit, and I think the issue and why you're more sullen and serious about it is obviously it's your career, it, it, it's a loss in your record, but it also directly impacts how much money you take home. And I'm not one to knock fighter pay. I think that the UFC takes better care of its athletes than any other promotion in the world in mixed martial arts. But the bottom line is this, you know, the, the way that fighter pay is structured, uh, a decision loss, whether it's controversial or not, it, it affects your pocketbook instantly. And, and that is the unfortunate case in all of this, I think. Well, yes and no, but yes, you're correct about that. But you know what? Somehow I think that this is not going to affect Jared's pocketbook beyond. Did you get a bonus at all, Jared? I did not. Did not. Okay. I think, like Jared mentioned, too, this maybe might accentuate, um, depending on your contract, of course, but this might accentuate your earning potential because it's definitely sometimes a loss brings people more to the forefront. The rematch is the main event, in my opinion. What was that? I said the rematch is the main event, in my opinion. Uh, you know what? I think it's worthy of a rematch, but they're probably going to try and put Patty, you know, who knows how the marketing and, and the sure, sure. I get it. But, but, you know, but I have a hard that. time believing Bruce that these guys don't meet up again down the road, you know, and, and they when they meet do up again down the road, when they do, it's, it's, it's fireworks. It's, it's a main event. But I think this loss as painful as it is, as I'm sure it is, and it has to be. And if it isn't, I'd be very surprised, um, is one that's going to benefit you in the long run. Maybe not as much as a win would benefit you, or maybe as much as a win would benefit you. I mean, that night, that fight was the highlight fight of the night. Okay, Patty walking in, all the blonde wigs in the audience, all the people that love him, a lot of people that dislike him. You know, he recognized that too. I was very surprised at, um, and I and I like Patty. Okay, I have nothing against Patty, but in his interview with Joe Rogan afterwards and and people even put on the internet joe rogan's look when i announced patty is the excuse me when i announced yeah when i announced patty is the winner mm. you know that you could see joe rogan's face uh not that he already knew the decision because he's obviously in tune with the production truck but um i want i don't want to say that patty was cocky in his interview uh but you know to think that he really dominated you the way he he voiced it i i don't feel that that was the case by any standards whatsoever he, he's selling the image though i think you know so I let think me ask you, Jared, exactly. what are the, what's the power on Patty's punches, Jared? It was nothing I've never felt before. Most of them were grazing off my hands. As you can see, this is the biggest bruise. I, I wouldn't call this a black eye. I would say I have a bit, like a little bruise under my right. eye. Black eye is like your whole eye is just completely black, you know? Right. Uh, and you know, I have a couple of scratches. I don't know if they're from uh, fingernails. So the blood that we were seeing was just scratches. They're not, I didn't have to get stitches. I didn't have to get sutures. I didn't have to get glued, nothing. They're literally superficial scratches that you get from, you know, your baby clawing at your face or something like that. Well, also he so, was sticking I mean, out his fingers and his gloves, which Herb Dean yeah, had talked to him about. Eye. I got poked in the right. eye. So, I mean, damage, I was landing the more significant uh, shots, I believe they were clean. His were just grazing off my hands and arms. Looking back at it, I wish I I, sh- I should have 
gone for a little more, but I thought, you know, I thought I won and it's just, it is what it is, but I believe, you know, like you said, I think this will uh, only be good for my career. Dana, I spoke to Dana after and, and he said, you know, we got you and, you know, we support you. So um, no ill will towards anyone. Not, I love the UFC, man. There's nothing like coming to fight week, seeing everyone, you know, all of the, the staff, the blue shirts, Heidi doing, you know, the, the fighter meetings and the, and, you know, the, all the media. And then the way that it's just run is just beautiful. And, you know, seeing you Bruce and thank you, you know, Anik and all these other people. And it's just, there's nothing like it. I love it. I love the UFC. It, it's afforded me everything I have, you know, my, my marriage, my house, my materialistic things, my the things spiritually and emotionally that UFC fighting in general has provided me. It's turned me into more of a man. It's turned me into a better person. You know, it's taught me discipline. It's taught me how to deal with things like this, wins and losses. We all go through it. The best of the best, the biggest, best fighters lose and they come back. And that's what makes, you know, champions. That's what makes me a warrior. And, and um, I couldn't be more grateful. Obviously the situation sucks, but I'm, I know something's going to come of it. I just have, I just need time to elapse for me to, to see the silver lining and, and it, it will be a beautiful thing. I believe. Hey, so, I want to ask this question to you both Bruce, because you know, energy better than anybody being, you know, the, the master of the octagon, but uh, you know, I don't think the judges did anything nefarious. I think they all believe that they, you know, did the right thing. There's no controversy in sort of, you know, them doing the, the wrong thing other than maybe not being on point. Uh, with with their job but my question is this do you think the crowd Jared had something to do with it because you know you were definitely not the fan favorite Patty's uh you know sort of this this new star they cheer everything he does not necessarily everything that you do do you think that their applause and uh, sort of enthusiasm for his offense swayed the judges yeah I think it could definitely sway the way anyone looks at it you have to be a diehard MMA fan or a martial artist to see through all of that, I believe. And yeah, I mean, I guess I was in the B corner, you know, and he, he was in the A corner, which is fine because that's been the role of my life forever. But that's what makes a great story. And I'm okay with that. It's well, nothing has ever, nothing has ever been just given to me or handed to me. Which you know, is which, you know, which is what makes you the tough warrior that you are, both mentally, physically, inside and outside the octagon. You you had a past with your ups and downs, and Patty actually paid you a lot of respect yeah. uh, in his interview. Talked very nicely about you, and uh, I give him credit for that. I give Patty credit. I have nothing against Patty. I, mean, I like he, him, man. I like yeah. Patty. I like Patty <laughs> a lot. He's. It's just the game. This is the game. It's man. just the and game you're in, and it's also one of those fights when you have a 29-28 decision on all cards. Um, it was 29-28 in all cards, right? If I remember correctly. When they said that, I was like, oh, I won. <laughs> yeah, I know, because it's, it's one of those fights that, quite honestly, again, could go either way. So it's like, I'm just the messenger doing my job. Yeah. You're being kind, Bruce. That's not a fight that could have gone either way. I'm okay, sorry. I'm being kind. <laughs> go ahead. Say it, TJ, because the, the, the news sources that cover the... Uh, no, it, the it, just, it is what it is. Said it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm being controversial here. Again, 24 independent media journalists had it for Jared. Uh, yeah, it, it's a fight that I guess you can make the argument that Patty won, but you're making an argument. I can argue anything. 
Trust me, that's my wife. She hates it. I'll argue about anything. Right. Uh, but the, the bottom line is, uh, if if you're a high, you know, caliber mixed martial arts fan regulator, you, you know that the wrong corner got their hand raised. And, and like I said, uh, it's unfortunate that it, it impacts his pocketbook right now. But I, I really do believe that, you know, further down the road, this will be a main event rematch. Listen, Jared, if you can appreciate this. You're like the Ernie Shavers of the lightweight division. Remember Ernie Shavers in the heavyweight boxing division? Sure right? do. Everybody had to go through this hard-hitting man who could knock anybody out, take anybody down at any time. This is your 10th fight in the UFC. You've been wow. fighting in the UFC since 2017. This is your sixth, uh, fifth year, about to be your sixth year. you got many more years to go in the sport. Um, take this from a learning experience. Take it from your own personal feeling that you know you won the fight and move forward, right? Try to just, I know it's going to be hard, but to a point, move forward because it is golden for you in the future. The UFC probably can't wait to book you for another fight. Eyeballs will be on you in that fight. And it's a pleasure for me to announce you and an honor for me to announce you. And I look forward to announcing you again. And it's just onward and upward. And like TJ said, you know, in boxing, there's undefeated fighters. In the UFC, there's one named Habib Nurmagomedov. Um, The greatest fighters in the world, the greatest fighters of all time all lose fights in the octagon. It's just, one it's of those a things. win in so many ways. And it's hard it to keep that in mind again, when you take home half your money, but it's, it's a win. Your, your stock went up, Jared. If, if anything yeah. uh, you can be proud of is your stock went up for sure. Fortunately, you know, money is not something that I have to worry about. So I love hearing that. If this was my first UFC fight, then maybe I would be like, Oh, <laughs> but you know, I have other sources of income and I'm not relying on, on any, I'm not, you know, I don't need that extra money to, nothing would have changed. My, everything would be the same. It's not, you know, so I would just have a little extra money in my checking account. So, I mean. Well, you know, uh, speaking of which, I know we have a few minutes here. I like to get into the fighter. Okay. We know about the octagon fight. We've gone over that. We know where that's at. I want to know about you more so as a person, Jared, we are other sources of income. Cause you want to think beyond your guns for when you do eventually put your gloves down. What is your other sources of income? What 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 are the other areas that you're involved in, if you don't mind saying, in your uh, lifetime career? Uh, I'm partnered with a drug alcohol treatment center. Okay. And they pay me a nice salary. So then uh, I better not is, I better not talk to you about Puncher's Chance Bourbon. I got it. Oh <laughs> uh, no, you know what, man? I, you, got, you, you throw it on there. Who cares? Um, <laughs> as long as you don't have a problem with it. <laughs> but um. <laughs> It's a for-profit organization, so you know we have to toe the line of: Are we doing this for money, or are we doing this to help people? All the people that that own the center are in recovery as well, so it is a, you know, they're doing it for the right reasons. Right. So, but yeah, I, I do get a salary from them. I'm like their brand ambassador, basically, and I help people almost every day. My DMs right now are, are out of control with people that are trying to get help. And I know I'm doing it for the, for the right cause because I've been doing it my whole life since I got sober. Well, not my whole life, but since I got sober and I still help people for, I'm not doing it for, for profit. So, you know, it's something that I had to pray about and talk to my AA sponsor about like, Oh, like I want to make sure I'm doing it for the right reasons. And I know I am. And I know the people that I work for are doing it for the right reasons, but uh, yeah, that's what we do. We help people uh, that have drug and alcohol problems and hopefully they can live a better life. I mean, I was shooting every drug I could put in a needle 
You know, I was IV cocaine heroin addict for many years. Anything I, I would shoot K, I would shoot meth. Anything I could put in a needle and shove in my arm, I would. And I mean, I just fought in a co-main event and on a pay-per-view in UFC uh, last weekend. So anything is possible. It doesn't matter how far down the tubes you go. You know, I was facing 25 to life. Almost went to jail for for the majority of my life, to prison for the majority of my life. And and here I am. Uh, you know, I've overdosed. What were you in jail for, Jared? I got arrested for a home invasion robbery felony battery. How old so, were you? 21, 22. Wow. How many years did you spend in jail? I didn't do years. I did a couple of weeks in maximum security holding in uh, West Palm Beach. The person that was supposed to testify against me was a wanted felon. He was a drug dealer. And that's who they said that I broke into his house and robbed. And he was a victim of a crime, but he didn't show up to court because if he did, they would have threw him in prison also. Got so it. he wasn't a, a, you know, a reliable source. And when he didn't show up, they just dismissed the case right there and let me out of jail. That night, I had my first overdose. The night I got out of jail, I was 22. And my story continued for five years until I hit 27. And I had my last overdose on Christmas Eve, which is coming up December 20, December 25th. I overdosed, went away on the 26th to treatment. So the 27th of December is my seven-year sober date. I haven't used drugs wow. or alcohol or any other substances since that day so uh, coming, up, coming up on a big day for for my life uh at the end of this month so this time of year is bittersweet for me and uh you know coming off this loss it's crazy my best friend actually took his life in two days two years ago and then i got sober you know seven years ago this time of year so this this time of the year is very uh emotional for me but i'm grateful and i wouldn't say that i'm lucky i put a you know i had faith and i I worked really hard to get where I am. And that's, that's the goal, right? Is, you know, when I'm done fighting, I'm not going to tell people that I'm an MMA fighter anymore. I'm going to tell people that I, you know, I help people. And what I do is try to serve other, other people. And uh, that's my goal, man, is to yeah. help others. And, you know, if I, you know, if I can make a living doing it at the same time, then why not? You know? And uh, so what I want to do is get into into treatment when I'm done, open up my own facility. And I would love to do it for high level athletes, have a, have a program for, for high level athletes, especially people that might have CTE or concussion like symptoms or injuries that have led them to self-medication, self-medicating. So that's, that's my goal. That's a fantastic goal. You know, you're, you've made up for your karma the past you're making up for it you know and, and building your karma for the future i'm very big on karma in my life hopefully and, saturday uh, night was the the last bad karma <laughs> that i got <laughs> well you know what I, you're spending... myself. I said man i'm still getting i'm still uh, the karma's still coming back around man. <laughs> if you want to look at it that way but you know what you're paying it forward you're helping other people you're making shekels while you're doing it and that's perfectly fine okay yep. it's perfectly fine because you're doing such good for so many people very commendable you know, very commendable to hear you talk that way. I wasn't aware of your background oh, yeah. uh, like that. I would certainly do not hold it against you by any standards whatsoever. Everybody has a right to redeem themselves. But this is the Jared Flash Gordon of today. And we're going to see the Jared Flash Gordon of tomorrow. We saw the Jared Flash Gordon of yesterday. Um, and that is sticking in our minds for the future. And I, I really can't say it more than that. You've got a long, how old are you now, Jared? 34. I just turned okay. 34. 
we all know you can fight to your 40. You know, it's, it's all yeah. it's all about where you want to be. And one thing yeah. I will give you credit for is something Patty did not does not get credit for. He better learn how to put his chin down. Okay. He holds his head up like a bobblehead at yeah. times. And I mean that with all respect to Patty, okay? All respect to all I was going to say, Buff, you're, you're mad at me for saying it's a controversial decision. And you, I mean, I mean, you're spitting the real truth here. My goodness. Well, it, even Joe Rogan said it. I mean, right. you know, it's, it's very cool. I mean, even when I was fighting in the amateur way that I did, you know, you get close, you get within arm's reach, your hands go up. It's that simple. It's like this, but then up. It's just, it's that simple. And you yeah. came in full on, you know, in like that. I saw the punches bouncing off. And I felt bad for Patty because he was having his hands down and his head up and your, your two and three punch combinations were landing, whether it was your fist or your wrist or whatever, but you were, you were connecting to his, his cranium. That yeah. wasn't fun. You know, he was yeah. taking some hard shots. He doesn't need to take those shots. TJ. No, nah, TJ, I mean, I hear you. I hear you. No, 100%. 100%. I'm just otherwise. Saying. I mean, I, I love the way Patty fights. I I'm a big fan of Patty's, you know, getting more so, but I'm also a fan of Jarrah's. I'm a fan of all our great warriors. And they all they all stand on their own two feet in their own individual way. Patty's got a very brilliant career ahead of him. Jared, you've got a very brilliant career ahead of you. Market yourself correctly, plan yourself correctly, and move forward. Don't let this thing taint you. Let this thing build I you. I will not. Okay? Definitely. And I appreciate your respect towards Patty. He does he does deserve the respect. He does deserve to to uh, relish his win, just like anybody deserves that. You know, and he's a very marketable fighter for the UFC, and we'll see where his career goes from this point forward. So, Agreed. Thank you. Apologize, Patty, if I said you keep your head up, but I think your your coaches are going to tell you the same thing. <laughs> yes, for sure. Awesome, Jared. Appreciate it. Happy holidays to you and yours. Congrats on, you know, a great performance, albeit not a win, but also congrats on the the larger victories in life and how you've turned it around. It's uh, inspiring to hear your story, and uh, you know, always excited to see you move forward. Absolutely. I appreciate I look forward it. to seeing you again, Jared. Please say hi to your brother, Dean, and my best to your, you and your family and for a very, very happy and fun and loving holidays for everybody, okay? You guys as well. Thank you. All right. Happy New Year. You too. Bye. All right. Take care. Well, there he is, Jared Flash Gordon. Yeah, I mean, it was good to have him on the show, but, you know, I, I don't think any of us are saying anything that nobody else has thought. No, no, and and again, I'm not being disrespectful to Patty when I say no, I don't not fight. at all. I like Patty. You know? It's just the, yeah. the the bottom line is that it seemed pretty clear cut to me. Um, you know, I, I too went back and watched the fight again. Uh, I scored at twenty nine twenty eight on the rewatch. Uh, still for Jared. Uh, in the building, I thought thirty twenty seven uh, for Jared. But uh, again, bottom line is. Uh, you know, th these athletes put so much of their heart and soul into their performances and it's hard to, you know, laugh off a, a, a loss, but in so many ways for Jared, that that was a win. Agreed. Agreed. You know, and in the rest of the card, I mean, I think we, we paid a lot of respect and, and details on his fight. Uh, I saw Jan Wachowicz the next day in the lobby. Mm. Um, we took a picture together. He made a very, very respectful honoring post. You know, they put a post of our picture together. I can't thank him enough for the words they wrote. But, you know, he was I like super Jan. classy post fight as well. What's that? He was super classy post fight as well. He's a classy guy. Yeah, you know, he's very respectful, very classy. He was on his way back to Warsaw to be with his family. Magomed went in there and did his thing. I mean, I'm sitting there at the judges table when they're adding it up and you can imagine, <laughs> you know, we're all looking at each other. I'm thinking, oh, I got to say this one. Well, oh a, a, a split draw is the rarest of decisions. 
Isabel. Uh, I, I don't think, I mean, people just sort of look at it as a draw and they don't really realize the intricacies of what has to happen to A, have a draw, but B, uh, a split draw. A split draw is when you have two dissenting judges, uh, one for, you know, the blue corner, one for the red, and then uh, your third and final dis- deciding judge has it as a draw. And it's it's very, very rare uh, that a judge will, will turn in a scorecard uh, independently from his contemporaries as a draw. Um, but yeah, it was it was crazy. It was a crazy night of fights. Crazy night of fights. You know, we've got a new superstar coming on his way with Paul Rosas Jr. Oh, man. A Raul, Raul rather, Rosas yeah, Jr. Yeah, yeah. No, mean, it's a, this talk kid's about got a lot pressure, of confidence, man. man. Talk about pressure. Uh, y- if anyone was going to feel pressure, it was going to be that young man. And uh, let's just say he put he put pressure of his own uh, down on his opponent's neck. My goodness. Oh, without question. You know, without question. But, uh, you know, I was first fight I've ever announced the first fight I've ever watched him do. I mean, obviously he was on the uh, other shows, but I'm talking about being there live, watching him. Very impressed. Uh, you're Rosen Rosenstrike. Holy geez, Louise. Yeah. Uh, he's terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Say the least. Terrifying. Um, Santiago Ponzinibbio now. Oh man. Uh, what, what can you say about Ponzinibbio? Cause he was down in that fight very much, uh, in route to losing a, a decision comes out in the third gets it done on, on top of, you know, just that fight and, and the way it was, uh, playing out against, uh, Alex Morono, uh, the fact that he had to sort of change everything up and, and switch opponents, he was fighting Robbie Lawler, which, you know, you prepare to fight Robbie, but you do so in a way that is unlike any other uh, opponent. And, um, but yeah. the good thing, yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead. The good thing was, is that his new opponent in Murano, he trained for Robbie. It was kind of the same kind of training. You're dealing with two kickboxes, you know, Robbie being yeah, different but, or but whatever. My thing is this, Ro- no no offense to, to Alex Morono, but Robbie Lawler is a, is a future UFC Hall of Famer. And no the uh, ebb and flow of emotion that one is going to feel when going into, uh, you know, a main card UFC pay-per-view against Robbie Lawler, there's going to be a bit of an emotional adrenaline dump. Uh, and, you know, Ponzinibbio, he he definitely was in there with someone just as, if not more dangerous, some might say, than Robbie Lawler at this point in, in Robbie's career. And uh, Ponzinibbio got his hand raised. It wasn't pretty. doesn't matter if you win pretty or, or ugly. Uh, but it was a, uh, a fight that I think is going to add to the lore of uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio moving forward. And, uh, you know, anybody that goes into a third round that are up on the scorecards uh, against Ponzinibbio, they're not going to, you know, coast their way to a decision because uh, they might coast their way to a loss uh, right then and there if they get no a little question. too lax with them. No question. One other thing he didn't coast through was it coast through his introduction. He's now, yeah, oh entered, my gosh, he's now entered the realm of uh, TJ Dillashaw, Mike Chiesa, and others. Even more so, he got in my face, TJ. Yeah, did you steal his lunch money or something? Like he was no, I mean he was angry. I, no, he he's really nice. He respects me. I, I know, me. Like, I he's know. Really, but when he came, you know, he wanted me there. You know, right? And I just, yeah, yeah. I gave it to him. You know, yeah, and it was yeah. funny that the comments from the uh, commentators when that happened was cracking me up. He's uh, and- so I haven't heard of them. I haven't heard that uh, the commentators. I was in the building, so I didn't get that. But uh, Ponzinibbio, I travel with him. Uh, he does the Spanish commentary for the Eddie Bravo Invitational. Oh, cool! And such a nice man, just a very, very, nice. very sweetheart of a human being, which is sort of uh, rare because obviously they all flip that switch, Buff. But uh, to see him get that way and get that animated before the fight even started, like that's not the Santiago that I hang out with in Cancun by any means. That's, listen, you get in that octagon, your eyes turn into black, and you turn into shark eyes. I always said that about George Foreman, nicest man in the world. Right. Not when he was younger, according to uh, people I know. Sure. Uh, P- 
he'd walk down the streets of Houston, people will walk on the other side of the street. Right. But when I knew George through the many, many years that I've worked with him in boxing and stuff like that with my brother, Michael, nice man in the world, but he steps in that ring, shark eyes. Yeah. You know, that's what it's all about. I got, all I right. got glitter on my cheek. Do you see this? Like it's all holiday season orders right here. You see, I can hardly see it. It just hits the light just right. But yeah. I don't know what party you were at last night, but it seemed must've been pretty good. <laughs> if you look around, like uh, people don't know this. I haven't really told the story, but my house had like a massive plumbing issue. Things yep. got sent all over the place. I'm, I'm broadcasting from home because I'm about to get on a plane for Las Vegas. Uh, it's, it's what the kids call a shit show buff, but we're making it work. Gotcha. Well, best of you to that. And hopefully it all calms down for you can enjoy your Christmas day around the tree. Oh, I got week, I got true trips this week, Buff. I'm uh, on my way to the UFC Fight Pass Invitational 3. That's tomorrow or I guess today as uh, uh -huh. people hear this. And then uh, straight from there, I go to Cancun for the return of uh, the California kid, Uriah Faber, as well as uh, Chad Mendez, who are competing on Eddie Bravo's combat jujitsu team. Duel. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Saturday night is you congratulations, congratulations on that. That's really cool. Thanks. Bob. Um, Saturday night is UFC fight night. Last show of the year, Cannoneer versus Strickland. Uh, I will not be announcing in the octagon. That was my last show last Saturday at UFC 282. And, for the year, uh, for the year. Don't, don't give anyone a hard. Oh no, yeah. I'm sorry. I do that. And people think I'm retiring. No, I'll be back Jan 14th. And of course we've got Rio de Janeiro, but I, um, I'm heading off today to Vegas to do a corporate personal appearance tomorrow. And then my last appearance of the year. Dun, 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 dun. The Fiesta Bowl. Oh, hey, that's awesome. The Fiesta Bowl. Do you yeah. get free Tostitos with that or no? Free tuxedos. No, I've got enough tuxedos. I don't need a free tuxedo. No, Tostitos. Tostitos. That's who's Oh, Tostitos. I, I'm sure there's going to be something served in the suite I'll be sitting in, but I'm very excited about that. I might have let the cat out of the Who, bag. Who's I, playing? It's TCU. Okay. And uh, another team. And another team. <laughs> <laughs> i forget who it is but it's tcu and another team i have it here somewhere anyway um i think michigan state and tcu i may be wrong okay that's a good game but that's the second most watched college football game on tv so it's going to be a blast and i don't know what i know what they have planned for me so let me keep that secret because i it's don't uh not mi not michigan state michigan so michigan okay. it's a very good game 12 and 1 tcu against the undefeated uh, Michigan Wolverines. Is this part of the college football playoff? Yes, this is the this is the uh, second to last game that determines the championship. Uh, yeah, so this is the, I'm dude. This you, is it. You, it's huge. You knock this one out of the park, Buff. They're gonna have to bring you in for the championship game. Uh, yeah, you never know. I mean, you know, I'm working my way up in football. You know, from the Raiders to this, to, you know, I started with the Washington Redskins. Now the Raiders. It's all good. Yeah, there you go. And uh, but the Raiders, oh, what a devastating loss last week! Oh my God, they have a chance to make the playoffs, and oh, playoffs! They had a chance to make the playoffs. They I may know, still I know, with three or four a, games left. That's a football you know, joke that people get. Never mind. Oh, okay, I got you. We'll leave it at that. Okay, good. Let's go into some news. All right, think we. Uh, let me see. Sports wise, I got a few more things in sports. Okay, this huge three hundred fifty million dollar contract handed down to Carlos Correa. Uh -huh. 13-year deal with the Giants, $350 million. It hurts me. It hurts my heart. He was a twin last year. Signed a two-year deal. Uh, everyone thought he was going to opt out, which he did. But, uh, yeah, all right. Good good for Staggering. the Giants. Staggering. And uh, the Rocky movies and others must be paying well because Michael B. Jordan now is uh, one of the owners of the EPL club soccer team. Which one? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Bournemouth? Uh, yeah, Bournemouth. Yeah, Bournemouth. Bournemouth? God, you yeah. know that right off the bat. I'm not that. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of soccer. Okay. Well, he's in there. And Shaquille O'Neal is, is now experts in 
not a surprise. He wants to be an owner in an NBA team. I can see that. Well, the, they're, they're all kind of following. I mean, in the soccer front, they're kind of following Ryan Reynolds, uh, who's doing that, and Ryan McElhaney. Um, Ryan from, Reynolds, the actor? Yeah, correct. And, and McElhaney's on uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, they bought a Welsh uh, soccer team. And, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody wants to be in business and sports. So Ryan Reynolds made like $335 million or something like that off his gin, so he might have yeah. put it somewhere. He's also got, like, the best cell phone company out there. Oh, he's a, he's a, he's a workaround, man. I give that guy yeah. a lot of credit. Aside yeah. from enjoying him as his acting, you know the Mets payroll now is nearing an unthinkable four hundred million a year. You better win a championship. Four hundred million a year. They've got they've got three got two guys over a hundred. I'm looking at these paychecks. I mean, good for them, you know. But oh wow. I mean, good for them if they win a World Series. Yes. I mean, my question is, how much money can you even really make? You're relying a lot on on those tickets to be sold when you're spending that kind of money. Yeah. I mean, how much is it to go to city field now? You know, if you're paying almost a half a billion dollars a year. What are you charging the people to come see the, the ball game? It's crazy. Uh, another thing and uh, another couple of tragic things, a world cup security guard dies after a fall while on duty at LaSalle stadium. It's terrible, terrible. And of course we all know the grant wall, you know, um, again, grant wall died of a ruptured aorta aneurysm at the world cup. Yeah. Young man, it's a shame. In, in his 30s, I believe, or early 40s? I think like he's that. in his 30s. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. Let's see if I can get an egg. Well, yeah, he was definitely, he was a young man. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, a little note, news here. Uh, my best wish and condolences go out to the family and loved ones of a very popular uh, TV DJ from the Ellen DeGeneres show, uh, Stephen Twitch Boss, uh, is now dead at 40 after committing suicide well, that's terrible. terrible i saw the news alert today i didn't know it had gone into that much detail but uh yeah it's very sad i mean that's but it's a lot of people are in shock over this as anybody would be over a suicide sure. but it's amazing you know you see people and they're so happy on the outside right you just don't know what's going on on the inside you know and that's with anybody 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 yeah. totally and uh, Jay Leno, you know, he's given in details. You know, he's already back to performing. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, it was shocking when you told me about that story um, on the show. And, and to now hear that he's already back, you know, doing things is crazy. Well, he was, you know what it was? He was trying to unclog a, flu, a fuel line. Right. right? Yeah. And, uh, and he told his friend to blow some air through the fuel line when suddenly he was hit with a full face of gas. And that's where it got worse from there. It's terrible. So, just unbelievable. Yeah. Think about it. But anyway, he's such a workhorse. He's back. You know, he's, he, he just, the guy does numerous appearances. A friend of mine had a corporate appearance for him. They were paying him a ton of money. It was just two weeks ago. We had to cancel five days before because of right. you know, what happened. I offered to fill in, but they wouldn't pay me the same amount of money. And I don't tell jokes as well as he does. So it's okay. All good. All right. COVID. Here we go. Beijing. Mm. The streets are empty. They're they on lockdown. The they're 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 the COVID cases have exploded again in Beijing. Oh man, that's crazy. Now empty streets, deserted shopping centers, residents staying one from each other. I, I'm not being a pessimist, but again, this reminds me of three, four years ago, whenever this thing started. This time of year, yeah, we heard the same thing. Yeah. Um. I mean, I got COVID the first time a year ago uh, on the same. Uh, trip that I'm doing now, uh, Vegas to Cancun, Cancun back to, to LA. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a scary time. 
And it's I'm not trying to, you know, send people into, you know, hysteria or anything like that. But it would make sense. Right, Bruce? Like it's that time of year. It's the holiday it's season. Time of year. People are traveling. Um, you know, do what you can. Stay in front of it. Be healthy. Well, let me tell you on a personal level what happened around me. Um, one of my mother's caregivers, I get a call. She's there with my mom. I just tested positive for COVID. She's been with my mom for one day, almost a full 24 hours. I feel like this is always happening with it's caretakers. Mass, mass went on. Mass went on right away. Right. Um, monitor. I, my mother could not spend Thanksgiving with me oh, because I had to quarantine her, which I hated. That's so tough. And, you know, I'm talking to her through the doorway. Right. Dropping off food. Yeah. But my warrior, old breed, amazing, beautiful, elegant mother did not get COVID. Can you, isn't that great? I mean, I believe it. Your mom's a fighter. Uh, you know, you haven't really told the story, but like, I remember you canceling one of the shows that we did. This is a decade ago at this point. Oh, when saying, she was in uh, hospice. Yeah. You're saying my mom's in hospice. And like, it, it's just, that's a trigger to say, oh, I'm sorry, Bruce. Like, that's a trigger to say, like, you're going to lose this person. And here we are a decade later. Your mom's not only out of hospice, but, you know, she's, uh, you know, getting past and, and getting through COVID scares. You know, it's crazy. Let me tell you that story real quick. Um, my mother got pneumonia. For those that are elderly and people taking care of their elderly parents, she in the morning was okay. The lungs started to fill by the afternoon. She had pneumonia. That's how fast it can happen. Right. Got her in the hospital. She was in there uh, often. She was in and out for three weeks. She went in for her final one when we had to bring her back. Her lung collapsed. Okay. I was going to Brazil. The doctors called me in with my brother, Brian, Kristen. We all went. And um, luckily I had what they call a gerontologist who helps me uh do what's needed to care for my elderly elderly parents, you know, over the last right. few years when I need advice. They, the doctor said to me, your mother's lung collapsed. She's going to die tonight or she's going to die in two weeks. We want to start giving her, we want to give her morphine, right? Mm -hmm. I said, don't you dare put morphine in my mother. She'll be gone in three or four days. Well, you correct know? me if I'm wrong, Bruce, doesn't morphine sort of dull the body's sense to fight? You're, yeah, you're getting him prepared to die. Yeah, but like, I, I doesn't it almost shut down your immune system? Your immune system stops fighting? I medically cannot answer that with total uh, reliability in my in my answer to you. Was question. that your thought process at least? Yes, it was in my thought process because a gerontologist told me she, that if they start putting morphine in her, it's like, and I'll tell you why I know that's true. I pulled her out of the hospital. We pulled her out of the hospital. Luckily, mm -hmm. I had the ability to do this. I set her up in home hospice. There was a morphine syringe in the fridge. For if things got bad, we were told to give her morphine. Why, right. if when things got bad, were we told to give her morphine? I think the answer is obvious. Right. My mother went home to pass away. Was it, and that's why I I can't you know that's why I had uh, halts in certain things. At that time, I had blown the ACL on my left knee, right, and that was the second wow. time I blew it before I did those three UFC shows. So the doc, you know, I could have gone in and got my knee repaired, but I didn't want to be laid up. I wanted to be there to take care of my mom. That's why I'm, that's the main reason I am without an ACL on my left leg, which is fine. You know, I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm not, hey, you're soccer. getting airborne again on these main event yeah, introductions. I see myself. it. Not, I mean, I, I train like, above. I train like an animal. So, you know, I just, I mean, I train the way I love to train. So I hold I my myself. breath every time your feet leave the ground though. I hope you know that. Oh, please don't say that, <laughs> but I appreciate that. But getting back to the other thing, um, my beautiful mom, she's there, she's fighting, she's positive. She's got this warrior spirit that's un believable which i hope has been instilled in myself and my brother and i know it has along with my dad's warrior spirit two months later they call me from home hospice hey we have to graduate your mother out of hospice her lung came back okay Amazing. the lung the doctor said would never come back my message to the people out there is doctors are brilliant but they're not gods 
They right. practice. Stay on and, top of them. Okay. And 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 they also, you know, doctor patients based on the norm, right? And there are exceptional cases and exceptional people. And your mother has proven to be an exceptional person when it comes to fighting for her life. Well, she's ninety four years old now, and she's still beautiful and always will be. And a smile lights me up every day, as I hope everybody's mother lights up their their day for them too. Uh, I sent a note to the doctor through my gerontologist with a before and after picture of her lung. And I just said, think before you leap. <clears throat> Little message. Thank you. Go. you leap. There you go. All right, everybody. You, you, pay attention. Take care of yourselves. Be preventative medicine. If you got something wrong with you, get it checked. Don't right. wait till you're sick. Deal with it ahead of time. Okay. We got to go into a couple other things real quick before we go out. And these are the stupid is as oh. stupid does stories of the week. My favorite part of the show. Here we go. L.A. Sheriff's deputy rookie, okay? okay, all right, working at the um, at the at the men's central jail, mm -hmm. leaves on a break, goes into the parking garage, forgets to turn off her mic, and is having sex, which was recorded on her microphone. So now she's in danger. Whom with? Uh, they're trying to see if it was with another officer, or who it was, because right now she's in danger of her job, uh, either being fired or a suspension and whoever she was having sex with uh, is under the same onus. So and they're mic'd hear, up. Is it, is it their body cam or what is it? It was the, whatever it was. And you can hear on the recording, right? If you want to hear it, you hear her groaning and moaning from the pleasures of whatever she was doing. Maybe she was doing yoga. And the, you know, at the beginning, she says, you're going to rip my panties or something like that. Right? Yeah. She's talking about the downward dog. So, <laughs> or her underwear, pardon me. Um, and then you hear the officer, you know, say, uh, whatever her code name was, 411, your mic is on, your mic is on, turn off your mic, your mic is on. And she didn't realize until she was, you know, well into the deed being done. So embarrassing. Um, but they didn't catch her. What do you mean they didn't catch her? I mean, they don't know who it was with. So they oh, don't going to find out there's an investigation. Right. But it's, I mean, if I was her, I am plausible deniability. I was stretching. I was doing Tybo. I was doing push up to the audio. That's going to be a hell of a Tybo session. OK, that's hey. all I can tell you. Hey, she's getting after it. She likes to, you know, take care of herself. Well, you know, all respect to the officers, of course. And we all certainly know we need to enjoy our off time. But there's a time and a place for everything. And as the saying goes, get a room. OK, right. Yeah, there you go. All right, that's one down. Stupid as a stupid does. Hope everything works out okay for her. It's not like she hurt anybody. Hey, but she at, hurt at least at least it was her break. You know what I mean? All right. Well, here we have. I'm trying story. to figure out if she actually did anything wrong here. Well, morally, probably not. Uh, as far as being a police officer on the job, even if but, you're on a break, maybe. Well, sex in public is not legal. Okay. Was it in public? It was in a parking garage. Okay, so was it an RV? Would an RV constitute as public? I don't know if it was an RV, TJ. I'm just saying. Idea. I'm just saying. I might be the, the criminal defense lawyer here. I'm just going to try to, again, find plausible deniability. Well, while we're talking about things involving genitalia, let me go forward with the last stupid is a stupid does story of the week. All right. A Las Vegas woman found herself in a bit of a sticky situation with police officers after she allegedly stole a super expensive watch. Okay. Um. What happened is police were called to the Aria Hotel in Vegas. Right, I'm familiar. After a man claimed he was cuddling this 33-year-old Sarah Richards is her name, uh -huh. she continually insisted he take his Rolex off while they laid together, right? Right, she didn't want to so get cut he, or something. 
He put the watch under his pillow, uh-huh. continued to drink wine at her request. And then he fell asleep. And then he says he noticed it missing, and she went into a panic and left. So he followed her all the way down to the lobby. I'm sorry, I have to laugh at this. Um, according to the reports, the police couldn't find the Rolex at first, but eventually they found it. Where do you oh, think? no, I don't know, Buff. Please tell me it's... She it, put it in her genitals. She put it inside her genitals. Is that a new Tiffany bag? I've heard of a pocket watch before, but that doesn't really. No. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I, you know, I think once I think I've heard everything, I, I haven't. Right. I mean, uh, so, I mean, does he, does the guy want it back? Do you sell well, it? The guy feels he was apparently drugged, you know, at the hotel or whatever. Does he want it back? I'm sure he does. But well, hey, I mean, but what do you do with it? Like. It's know. a Rolex. I hear you, but do you get really want clean, to wear it? Sell it. Put it on eBay. Don't get it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm just, yeah. I'm. You know what? As freaky as this world is, if you put that on eBay oh, and tell the story, it might go for, you know, twice as much as it was worth in this freaky world. There are people out there that will pay a lot of money for really gross things. That is just crazy. Yeah. I wonder if it was the 10 centimeter or the 12 centimeter. <laughs> Buffer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm laughing at my own stupid jokes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on a on the last note of the week, um, 30 years or whatever it's been, waiting for a 10 years or whatever it's been, but Avatar The Way of Water is coming out. Yeah, out now. never saw the first one. Oh, you didn't? It's 13 no. years later after the first one came out. Uh, this is out 190 minutes. That's three That's... hours and 10 minutes. Yeah, wow. It's a long That's movie. A big box of popcorn and a few hot dogs, okay? That's and a lot. nap, I think. I hope I don't nap in the theater. <laughs> hey, they're comfortable. Sometimes you get a good nap in, in movies that well, aren't very good. Usually, th- me personally, a three-hour movie going to at 8 o'clock at night could cause me maybe to nod off a little bit, depending on right. the thing. That's I'm what sure I'm saying. Is, I'm sure this is action nonstop from beginning to end. I mean, you would hope. Uh, it's it's dangerous to do any sort of film that's over like two hours. Like, I mean, it, I have a, you know, attention span of like 45 seconds, Bruce. You know what well, I mean? So. One. Well, here's the one big thing. If you want to get into economics and business, mm. a three-hour movie versus a hour and a half to two-hour movie means it can be shown probably two times less a day, let's say. Right, and the ticket prices are the same. And the ticket price is the same. Yeah. Avatar is one of the top three grossing movies of all time, if not the top one or two. I, I got to check to see. Um, but I guarantee you this is probably going to knock the doors down on box office, which I'll check real quick for the first week. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not into the idea of going to a three hour movie. I'll I'll be straight up. Uh, let's see. The first Avatar did two point nine billion. Mm. Avatar: The Way of the Eyes is eyeing five hundred million in its first weekend at box office. So oh, more wait. than I'm hearing a, different versions. One hundred seventy five million. It had a very strong opening. Very strong opening is okay. seven hundred seventy five million okay. in the first uh, week. So go. to put that into context, they need to be that strong three weeks in a row before they can play before they can pay the New York Mets to play baseball. That's one way to look at it, but also considering I think this film cost what was the cost that cost? Bear with me, folks watching, because these are it cost three hundred and fifty million. Uh they'll make their money back then. 350 million and 350 100 million, but you got to multiply it to, it has to do a billion dollars before it makes a dollar. It'll do a billion the way you dollars. do it is you two It'll and a half times. Dollars. 
two and a half times the cost yeah. of the movie, which involves yeah. the marketing and everything. Yeah. It'll, it'll do that. That's when you start to make money. It'll make do that. Money. Yeah, yeah. It'll do fine. It'll do fine. All right, TJ. I think we've loaded up enough here. I have no more stupid as a stupid stories. I can't get over that one. I mean, oh, man. I mean, you're not supposed to wear a Rolex now because they pop you in the back of the head or they shoot you to steal it on the streets. Now you can't even have a makeout session with wondering if somebody's going to run away and put it in their pants. Well, dude, who's telling you to take off a watch? You know what I mean? Who's telling you to take off a watch? Nobody. People that want to steal your watch are telling you to take off your watch. Hang out with better people. Stupid is as stupid does. And we're going to read about more of it all the time. Anyway, enough of that. It's the holidays. Happy holidays. Happy everything. Merry Christmas. All that. Let's all gear up for a fun uh, end of the year. TJ, go ahead. What's up? Uh, UFC Fight Pass Invitational is tonight as you watch it. The Return of the King, Gordon Ryan, is on the card. We also have an eight-man one-night tournament. Uh, potential $25,000 is on the line. Misha Tate is actually grappling. She takes on Beatrice Mishkita. Uh, That is fun. I believe it starts at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 6 Pacific, and again, live on UFC Fight Pass. And then on Sunday, back on Fight Pass uh, for the return of the California kid, Uriah Faber. Uh, He is uh, taking part in Eddie Bravo's uh, Combat Jiu-Jitsu World's team duel. The first time we ever have uh, CJJ in that uh, quintet grappling type form. So, uh, that's going to be fun and exciting. So make sure you uh, are all signed up for UFC Fight Pass. I believe it's 80% off this month, Buff. It's $2 when it's normally 10 So sign up. Hey, such a deal. Yes. There you go. I like it. I like it. Man, if you I'll said any more in that voice, Buffer, we're going to have to have you send us an invoice. Uh, no problem. Happy to do it. <laughs> no problem. Just hire me. You know me. I'll show for the money. It's true. <laughs> no, I, it's true. I only do it with stuff I believe in. You'll Trust work me. for the money. You'll work, work for the for money. money. I yes, do Manscaped commercials because it's a great product and I believe in it. And Blue Chew, hey, if you need it, use it, chew it, do it. You know, whatever the case might be. I got some other very fun things happening next year. Where do you see some of the stuff coming out? But on the lighter note, um, I wanted to say that Puncher's Chance, mm-hmm. which I'm very proud about, right, is now going into Canada. Hey, that's a big market. We are working on the UK and Europe. Right. And Australia. Nice cranking our 14-year reserve the left cross has just come out big huge hit critically raves critical raves all the way around left cross that means that means you're a southpaw then what's that normally normally it's a right cross so if you're throwing a left cross you're a southpaw um i'm a i'm a right handy right but but right right but i'm but i swear i i can fight from both sides so that's okay i I go with the left cross i can throw a left cross there you go it's all good. And then I wanted to thank everybody for the uh, holiday uh, gift items. I'm, you know, on Cameo, I'm on Cameo. You can send your video requests and audio requests through to brucebuffer.com, uh, where my office will respond with how to order. But I've been doing a lot, pleasurably doing a lot of uh, holiday gifts for people, championship introductions, along with the weddings, the baby births, and, and business videos I always do. But um, aside from all the orders coming in, which again, partial proceeds do go to animal, military, and children charities. Um, but I, I get a big kick out of doing this. So I hope I'm making many people happy. It's my little way amongst many ways I do of trying to pay it forward in life. So with that being said, everybody set your goals, write them down, be a role model to your sphere of influence. So when you set on that yellow brick path of life and the road that you're going to set forward to move on, you can be the best you can be, whether you're champion, number one, whatever the case might be, just be the best you can be because then you're winning. And that's what we're all about. So let's end the year strong to start the year strong. We'll be back next week with another show will we be and, uh, it's christmas actually, you know what would you like to have gordon ryan on from adcc or the fight pass invitational 
That's right. He's got the bypass. What, what, that's this weekend. Tonight? Oh, then we should get Gordon. Do you have Gordon's uh, info? I mean, I'll see him. I'm calling his match tonight. Okay. Set it up. He He's texted me this week. So, and I, and he said he'd love to be on the podcast. So let's right. set him up. Let's try to get Gordon on next week. Sounds good. Okay. All right, buddy. TJ, thank you very much. Buffer out. Talked enough. See ya. Bye. Happy holidays. <laughs>